Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Have any converts? Just FYI, uh, you know, the, at the end of this, so I want to warn you, at the, the grand finale, and you cannot like the person, but you can love the message, uh, you don't want to miss the next two weeks, trust me. The, the grand finale will surprise you. <laughs> Sounds like network television, doesn't it? <laughs> Setting you up, you've got to watch, got to be here. Well, we are going to talk about humble and kind. I love the one, just go to church because you... Your mama said to. That's what my mama told me to do. <laughs> there were some threats with it, but I did it anyway. So anyway, you know, it just you know, there are just things we don't think about anymore in a in a generation where, and I'm not blaming it on the generation. I think some of it's a fault and result of my generation. But there's a sense of entitlement that you know, I'm my own person. I can do my own thing my own way. Well, we were never called to be an island or live alone. And uh, we are called to be humble and kind. And someday we'll all get to go and, and experience Jesus at some level, in some way. And there were two men who died the same day. And they end up at the gates of heaven. And, and God greets them. And he said, I've I, I got some bad news for you. He said, I, I just got to let you know your mansions aren't quite ready yet. But he said, since it's, it's our responsibility and, and we didn't have them quite ready for you, uh, we're going to let each of you choose to go back to earth and, and be whatever you want to be. So this is a dream come true for you. You get to go back, but, but this time you get to be what you want to be. And he asked the first guy, he said, what would you like to be? And he said, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to be an eagle soaring over the beauty of your creation. I've often wondered what it would be like just to, on a, a nice, beautiful day, just to soar above what you made. And God looked at him and poof, he's gone. He's gone to earth. And second guy comes to and he says, so what, what would you like to be? He said, well, you know, he said, uh, I'd really like to be a real cool stud. Poof, he's gone. And a couple months go by, mansions get ready, and, and God comes and gets an angel. And he said, look, I need you to go to earth. You remember the two guys that we didn't quite have their mansions ready. It was our responsibility, and they weren't ready. He said, I want you to go get them now. And the angel said, well, how, how will I find them? Well, God said, well, it'll be pretty easy. He said, one of them would be soaring over the Grand Canyon. The other one you're going to find on a snow tire in Detroit. Uh, so... Yeah, it's summertime, I can tell. You've been on vacation, you gave your brain a break. All right, now, you'll get that in a little while. About 2 o'clock, you'll start laughing. It'll be all right. Okay, turn your Bibles to Micah chapter 6. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we think God wants from us. And there are a lot of things that we think we can do to perform for God and, and to really please God. But the reality is, humility is one of the greatest things that we will ever present to the Lord. And I will share with you in a moment, and hopefully you'll grasp this, and when you walk out, there will be this, this true understanding of humility. Humility is not always found in nice people. Can I just tell you that? That sometimes nice people actually have a false sense of humility. They want you to believe a certain thing, or they want to appear a certain way. And I've heard people say they're so humble, and I'm thinking, did you listen to the conversation? Sometimes uh, kindness is, is a smokescreen 
to pride. Well, some people will try to be nice, but in reality, their heart is quite the opposite of that, and you can hear that in their conversation. So don't always just think because somebody's nice that they're humble. Hello? I mean, some of the most uh, people that come off nice are, are not actually very humble people. So I'm going to try to lay this out and explain it. And Micah does a really fantastic job of introducing us to the heart of God. And he says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's what the Lord requires. Not all the things, the possessions that we have and the things we have and the skills and the gifts and the talents and the things that we think. If I just give those to God. A lot of people have given their skills to God without humility. Their talents without humility. Given stuff without humility. True humility is, is reflected first in gratitude. If you're taking notes, you want to get this online. Humility begins with gratitude. Being grateful for what God has done. Let me tell you, false humility sometimes downplays the blessing of God. And that's, that's false humility because when God blesses you, it's a great opportunity for you to speak on His behalf, if you will, and to, to declare to the world that God is a good God, that He's an awesome God. Uh, for instance, if, if, if you were blessed and God gave you a 15,000 square foot home and it's just incredible and, and it's awesome and, and you know, you, you're thankful for it but you're a little bit ashamed of it because after all, it's, it's really big, 15,000 square feet. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like the Clampets. And, uh, wow, this is really a young crowd. <laughs> Come on, help me out, Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, you know. This is like, you got this mansion, and you can't, you know, drive up this driveway this, uh, you know, a half mile long and this castle and say, welcome to my humble abode. We got words for that in the world. That's just not true. This is not a humble abode. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. See, oftentimes, as Christians, we, we try to really discount, if you will, or measure people's response to God's blessing. I used to be one of those people where I was like, man, if God really blessed me, I would almost downplay the blessing. Very, very, very dear friend of mine, like a brother, he's, he's in this service right now, but you don't know who he is, but I do. In 1999, I get a phone call from my assistant saying a guy calls and wants to give me a car. And, I, and she said, well, he won't take it without knowing who you are. And so she calls me and says, guy wants to give you a car. And uh, of course, you know, in ministry, you think he's going to do me a favor and give me a 62 Corvair, which might be, a, a, you know, classic now, but just something, you know, an Oldsmobile with fins or something, you know. So I, she said, he won't, he won't take it unless he meets with you. So I'd never seen the guy, didn't know him. And uh, so he, she set up the meeting, and actually we had the meeting right up the street, which is now Hideaways. It used to be Chili's. And I didn't know what he looked like, so she kind of explained it to me. So we met, and... and uh, you know, I said, uh, so you want to give the car to the church or you want to give the car to me because it makes a difference and, you know, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he said, well, I'm going to give it to you. And I said, well, you, you need to understand something. If you're giving it to me personally, you got to understand that if in a week from now God tells me to give it away, I'm going to. He looked at me and it was just, I was dumbfounded. He said, look, I don't care what you do with it. I got to get God off my back. 
And, and, and so then he looks at me and he goes, well, what would you, what do you want? And I thought, man, this is such a, I, I thought the guy was doing math. I mean, nobody does this. What do you want? I mean, I, I probably should have shot like a Bentley would do. All right, maybe, uh, you know. But, but I, I had a lot of kids, and I thought, you know, I, if you have a minivan, God bless you. <laughs> Just saying. You say, well, I got a lot of kids. Don't buy a minivan. Okay, they're just not cool, all right? So I'm thinking in terms of cool here, all right? Now, I know you're going to be mad at me, and all you minivan drivers probably going to start a coup, but, but I thought, man, I want something that looks like a man. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a man. I cannot see me in a minivan. No man in a minivan. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't work. Not prudent. And so I said, well, you know, I'd like, what I'd really like is, is a red Suburban. He looks at me. It's no lie. If he said, it's sitting in my driveway and it has 100 miles on it. Already bought it. So he really wasn't asking me what I wanted. He'd already bought it. But anyway, it worked because we were on the same page. Then he asked me, can you wait and pick it up for a week or two weeks from now? I, I want to trick it out. And I thought, you can take two freaking months for all I care. <laughs> if you're going to trick it out, go ahead. So he tricks it out, and it was gorgeous. And I remember getting in it and driving it. I'd only been a pastor for five years in town, my first senior pastor position. And, and it was so absolutely beautiful that I, was, I thought, well, how am I going to respond to people that I got this brand new, bad-looking suburban? And I remember somebody coming up and, and saying something to me about it, and, and I felt kind of ashamed. And it was, God said, really? I do this for you, and you're going to be ashamed? Now I don't get ashamed no more. Anybody wants to give me another one, I'd be looking and saying, this is what I got right up in here. <laughs> no, because what I realized was false humility was, well, you know, no, I'm thinking this is what God does. I want you to know God is a God who blesses. Yeah. Humility does not downplay the blessing of God. It exalts the blessing of God. True humility says, I didn't have anything to do with this. I didn't even know this guy. But God had a lot to do with it, and in doing so, I can say glory to God. Hello? If you've got a beautiful home, you're moving into a beautiful home, someone's jealous, don't downplay it, because God's working on them. And if they get jealous, start talking about you, just pat them on the back and say, one day you'll understand if you get over your little jealousy. Probably shouldn't say that, but it just felt right. But see, sometimes we think people are humble because they have humble means. And please, in no way would I discredit. Life is not based on your economic status. That's not what I'm talking about. But never judge anyone. Never be critical of anyone because that communicates a lack of humility. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be happy for those who are happy. I mean, don't ever downplay the blessing of God for the sake of mankind. That's not humility at all. That, I mean, if, if, if God blesses you, man, just say, God bless me. And he wants to bless you and he wants to bless everybody. But, but if you want to live in a tent in the woods, uh, go for it. I personally love indoor plumbing. I mean, people who camp, I don't get it. I, I saw on Facebook somebody's camping by a river. I'm thinking, you're an idiot. Snakes, mosquitoes. No indoor plumbing, you stink, you can't shower, you didn't brush your teeth. It's gross. If you got a camp, it's like penance. I, I like my camping, it's got to be indoor plumbing, a 40-foot RV, 
with a TV. <laughs> I'm just letting you in on that. You see, but it doesn't matter if that's what you want. That's fine, but don't judge somebody who has something more. Be grateful for where you are and what you have and who you are and who God made you. That's true humility. It's not downplaying the blessing of God. It's not making excuses. And I'll never forget when God spoke to me. Don't you dare be ashamed of what I bless you with. Because if you're ashamed of what, why would I bless you again? If my, if my kid rejected something I wanted to give them or downplayed a gift that I gave them and they're telling their friends, well, you know, it's really not that much. Hey, probably not going to get something else. You know, you ought to just be grateful. Gratitude is the beginning of humility. It's where it all starts. The Bible says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Even after he became rich and famous, some of you remember his songs, There Ain't No Business Like Show Business, Blue Skies, Irvin Berlin. Every time, history says that every time somebody sang one of Irvin Berlin's songs, even though he was famous, he called him and said, thank you. I am so grateful you would sing one of my songs. Every time you come to church to hear me speak, I am grateful you come. Every time you watch me on podcasts on Monday at night, instead of watching The Voice, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you're here. I am, there's not a day goes by as I don't understand how grateful I should be that I'm standing here and that you're sitting there and that we're having church together right here in the metropolis of War Acres, Oklahoma. Gratitude acknowledges the involvement of others in our lives, being grateful. This church wouldn't be what it is without you. It would just be me standing up here speaking to empty chairs. It wouldn't be what it is without you. You are the church. You are the people greeting the people. You're the people, I mean, we got people in the working with kids today and and taking care of your children and loving your kids and teaching them about Jesus. I, I would not have the privilege of standing up here without those people. And some of you worked in there at the first worship experience. And, and, and some of you are standing out here and, yeah, you're greeting people coming in and in the parking lot. This wouldn't be what it is without you. I mean, you know, I hear guys say, well, you know, I, I'm a self-made millionaire. There is no such thing as a self-made millionaire. That person, you might have started the company, but you'll never finish it. You started it, but it wouldn't finish without everybody else. Nobody is self-made. And when you understand that, and I understand that that's true humility, saying I wouldn't be where I am today and who I am today without people in my life who made me better. The Bible says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. If there's not somebody in your life sparking you, you're never going to be the person God wants you to be. Some of your critics, you need to call them and say, thank you for being such a critic. It made me a better person. We don't like to hear things that make us better sometimes because it forces us to step up our game a little bit. It forces us to change. I mean, I tell you, I learned something from a man named Richard Exley, great friend of mine. He's still pastoring in Louisiana. And he, had, he, he was one of the guys that mentored me in ministry. And he had this one line. They had board meetings and, you know, the board of demons. I mean, the board of deacons would get together once a month and, and they'd have a meeting. And his line to every one of them, if a board member was absent, he would say this, they must be as safe in their absence as they are in our presence. I'll never forget it. So if you're going to talk about somebody, you, and you better do it while they're there, not while they're absent. Or you better not change. They must be safe outside as they are inside this circle. 
In other words, we are grateful for everyone who is here and who's not here. And we're going to demonstrate that gratitude with humility, understanding that we ourselves could be absent. We need to love people and realize we need people. The assistance of others in our lives, the need for others in our lives is an, is an exercise in humility. And I have told our team, I can't do this without you. Not only can I not do this without you, I will not do this without you. And, and sometimes that gratitude comes when saying, God, I'm not too good to do anything. I am not too good to do anything. I, I had, I've got three college degrees, one master's degree. And I'll never forget, while I was in the midst of my undergraduate studies, that I was sitting in this huge church in Tulsa. And the youth pastor gets up and he says, uh, we're going to camp. And, and I need bus drivers. Well, I happened to have a chauffeur's license at that time because I'd driven a big truck prior to getting saved. And, and so I, I knew how to drive big equipment. And, and I'm sitting there listening to him, but not listening to him. We need bus drivers to take 55 screaming demons to youth camp. And, and, and so I'm sitting there, and I got prodded. Go tell him you can drive. Go tell him you can drive. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm a theology major. I can preach. And so I go up there and I said, you know, you probably already have the places filled by now. It's a huge church. And I said, but if you need anybody, say, I need you. I'm like, Dad, got it. <laughs> and that was the beginning of my humility was, God, I'll do anything. I'm grateful to be a part of the team. And I, that summer, I'll never forget, driving from Tulsa to Arkansas in the summer when there was no air conditioning and a bunch of your stinking teenagers screaming like the devil making my life hell. <laughs> All for the glory of Jesus Christ. You see, I thought all of my degrees meant something to God. They didn't mean one thing to God. All it meant was I was doing what I was supposed to do, but I'm never too good to do what he wants me to do. See, that humility doesn't, it's not about a position, it's about an attitude. It's not about whether you're the president or you're the custodian. It's about the attitude of the heart saying, whatever God needs, I'll do it. Whatever God wants from me, I'll do it. God, I'm just grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be here in your service. A lack of gratitude communicates the presence of arrogance, that we are too good to do what God's called us to do. Awareness of our humanity is what opens the door to our humility. An awareness of your own humanity is what opens the door to your humility. If you're looking around at everybody else and you're measuring everybody else's behavior and measuring everybody else's attitudes, you're missing the point. This is about self-awareness. That we always need to be aware that we're all flawed, we're all jacked up, messed up from the neck up, that we need God in our lives. And that we're not too good to do anything that God wants us to do. As a matter of fact, every now and then, I will do things just to test myself. To test my own attitude about humility. I will do certain things. Because I never want to think I'm too good to do anything. And you know some people say, well you know I don't have time. I've, I've got all this responsibility. I have a title. I have a company. You know true humility sometimes strips itself of its title and position. And goes to do something that nobody can ever repay them for. Just ask yourself what you're doing. You know every Sunday. I, and I want to I I challenge you. And I'm, I'm going to be just, let me just preempt this. I'm going to be a little tacky right now. But at least I'm telling you. You see, some of you are not serving and you're supposed to be serving. 
but you don't like the title serving. And I tell our staff all the time, don't ever call anybody a volunteer again. You call them a servant leader. Because the word servant causes us to have a check. What's wrong with being a servant? Jesus was servant of all, and yet he was the son of God. The least shall become the greatest. Why, why wouldn't we serve? I love it when I see you know, Rick Ratliff, who owned one of the largest security companies in, in the country. 900 employees spread out all over. He's out working the parking lot today. He owns Kyle Ami Tours. He's a businessman. He's out working the parking lot. I, I texted him. Actually, I didn't see him. I couldn't find out here early. I said, are you coming to church today? He said, I'm out in the parking lot. I felt about that big. <laughs> Why? Because Rick doesn't think he's too good to do whatever needs to be done. He sold everything to work for me for free. I'm not lying to you, you laugh. It's true. He said, I'm going to sell my company. I'm going to work for you for free. I thought, could I get five more of you? But see, he's not, he doesn't feel too good. He, he, he's owned companies. He owns Kailami Tours in Jupiter, Florida. If you're scuba divers, go. Get on his boat. It's a godly boat. If you die, you'll die in Christian hands. I mean, you don't want to die heathen scuba diving. You want to die Christian scuba diving. God will get you to heaven on a whale. All right, now, it'd be a whale of a trip. <laughs> As a pitch. He'll give you a 2.75% discount, too, if you drive all the way from here to there. Humility is sustained by grace. Grace, grace, grace. Can I tell you something? We all need grace. And any of you that think you can earn grace, it's not grace. Grace is unearned. It's not something you can do to get it except this. Put on humility. Clothe yourself with humility. The grace of God comes through the avenue of humility. When you recognize you're a sinner saved by grace, by faith through grace, not that anybody should boast. When you understand that, you humble yourself before the Lord. Salvation of God enters your life. And it's that same grace that brings you salvation that creates uh, your life for you coming through the avenue of humility. It's the God of grace. It sustains our lives. Everything we are, everything we have is a result of the grace of God. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. God talks about submission. We don't talk about submission in the world anymore because we all think that submission means that we're less than. Can I tell you something? Submission often means you're greater than because you've decided to surrender your life to God and help others and serve upward. You, you, it, that's what God calls us to do. And it says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Not just toward God, but clothe yourselves with your humility toward one another. There are people who are excellent vertically, horrible horizontally. But our horizontal behavior is a reflection of authentic vertical behavior. In other words, if I treat you poorly, I'm treating God poorly. If I treat you good, I'm treating God good. That's what he said. As often as you've done it unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me, says God. So whenever you treat someone well, that's how come I believe, he says, clothe yourselves with your humility toward one another. You can't tell me you love Jesus and hate your brother, John said. If you say that, it's not true. You have to love your brother if you really, truly love God. And it goes on to say, God opposes the proud because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
How do I get grace? How do I experience grace? Not by my works, my skills, my talents, my abilities. I get grace by humbling myself. God says, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going I'm to gift it to you. Mother had two kids, Kevin five, Ryan three. And as any as kids at five and three act, like my grandson's major in Max, they, you know, she's making pancakes and the kids are hungry and they're at the breakfast table and they're arguing about who gets the first pancake. And they're fighting and arguing. Mom decides this is a good opportunity for me to teach them a biblical lesson. So she goes over to them and she looks at them and they're sitting there and she says, if Jesus was sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. The older brother, Kevin, looks at the younger brother, Ryan, and says, Ryan, you play Jesus today. <laughs> Isn't it true of all of us that we, we want to just gradually put ourselves first without realizing that if we put others first, it actually elevates us before God? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus put us first. We've got to have grace. We've got to have humility. We've got to understand that we, we're not called to judge people. We're called to serve people. This past week, I, my daughter calls and says, I want to, can we go to lunch, which means I'm hungry. Would you buy? Just shooting straight, right? Anytime your kid, when they get older and they call you to ask you if they can, you know, they, they can go eat with you, it's all code, baby. It's all code. And so I, I take her, and she's going to college this fall. It's my baby. And so I, I, I pick her up, and, and I say, honey, well, your, your tag's overdue as well, or it's about to be due. I said, so we'll get your tag. And so I take her to eat, and we, we go to the... DMV, we get her, uh, we, the tag agency, we get her, her tag, and so I take her home, and I, I uh, said, pull your car out, and you know, and, and we'll put the plate, I'll put the plate on for you, and so she backs it out, and I'm putting the, the license plate on, by the way, I, I just gotta, I just gotta pause and say, thank God we got some new inmates, our plates are so much prettier now, they must have a new employment staff, I mean, you know what I'm saying, we had ugly license plates, you know, you're from Oklahoma, it's in Oklahoma, you know, and, and now we got we got some we got some we got some funk to our plates. We got the scissor tail, little blue, little white. I kind of like them. If you haven't gotten yours yet, go ahead and renew early. They're beautiful. Anyway, so I, I get it. I'm putting it on, and I, I just about have it on. And she's standing there watching. And I thought this is great. She's learning a lesson. And as she stands there, she says, she looks at. Her, I look over, and she's looking at her bumper. And she said, I don't remember doing that. That's never a good thing. And I look over at the bumper, and it's like got blue paint. And I'm thinking, and she goes, I don't, I don't remember hitting anybody. <laughs> and if this had been my first child, they would have paid and done penance and 50 push-ups. But I've learned grace, and I just said, honey, I'll fix it for you. So I go in, I get polishing compound, and I scrub it out. So now, two lessons. She learned to put on a license plate, how to scrub out paint. And she's going to need it because she drives like mama. Anyway, so... Uh, I'm in trouble, huh? We have to get back. Okay. That's rewind in mankind. <laughs> I'm feeling spunky today. 
clothe yourselves with humility. I got up this morning. I got to tell you all something, man. I, I just, I, I feel a little female on Sunday. I could not figure out what to wear. I ironed one shirt and didn't like it. I went, I thought, I'm not feeling it today. Any of you got men ain't getting it with women are going, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so I, I, I went to my closet, and I looked around, and said, I'm just not feeling that shirt. So I started ironing another shirt. And you may not like this. I didn't do this for you. I did this for me. I clothed myself in what I wanted. So you got to clothe yourself in what you want, not what everybody else wants. And I didn't ask you. I ain't asking you afterwards. But if you like it, go ahead and speak up. Anyway, so... But you got, you know, you pick out your clothing. You get to determine what you put on. And, and some of y'all ain't even thought about it. I promise you that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm just kidding. I don't know who you are. There's 930 people. I saw some of them. I'm just going. <laughs> you think about which direction to go again. <laughs> But, but it says clothe yourself with humility. Somebody else can't put it on you. You have to put it on you. You have to determine that I'm not too good. Some of y'all need to be out there in the parking lot waving people in, opening doors, carrying umbrellas if it ever rains again. Hello, somebody. Sometimes you just have to do some of the things that you don't want to do because God says, I want you to do them. Sometimes it's a test, not a temptation. That bus thing was a test for me to test and see, do you think you're too good to drive 50 demons to camp? No, God, I don't. Grace is God's, listen to this, this is profound. Grace is God's acknowledgement of our acknowledgement of our insufficiencies. Grace is God's acknowledgement of our acknowledgement, not of our works, but of our acknowledgement, our human awareness. It's God's response. And there are now times that I just, I oftentimes will say, I'm going to look for something that I just want to, I want to test myself. I want to, I want to be aware of my humanity. I want to always be self-aware of my humanity to open the door to humility. There are times God's called you to do something that you haven't done in a long time because now you're elevated. You have the money to get everything else done that you need done and want done, and God says, I want you to do something anyway. Let's just see if you think you're too good for it. Some of the best companies and best leaders in the country are people you would never know because they don't act like it. Romans 5.20 says, The law was added so that trespasses might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. All of our lives is about grace. God saves the humble person, not the capable. God shows grace to the humble, not the perfect. Those who think they are perfect have no need of God. They think that they are sufficient in and of themselves. People who don't want to bother God are not humble people. They are prideful people, assuming that God is either indifferent to their station in life or unable to heal or repair them. Submission is one way to express humility. Deferring, giving other people their way, giving opportunity to other people when it could have been yours. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever been in a long line at a grocery store. If you ever go to a grocery store and you see me in line, don't get behind me. I always pick wrong. I do. I mean, everything's flowing, and when I step in line... It's a price check on an item that really somebody brought into the store. They don't even have it. 
and they cannot find the price. So don't get behind me. But it's really when you're in a hurry, you're in line, you're about the sixth person back, and you, you're, you can sense the anticipation in everyone in line that, you know, whatever stupid code, well, code 22, five, what they're saying is, another checker come. Why don't you just say that? We need another checker up front. This is Oklahoma. We don't need codes. But you know when they get on that speaker and they're calling for help, somebody's coming. And you know, it just so happens, I don't know why Target has like 62 checkouts and two checkers. And I have never seen all of them full. What is this, just for looks? Are those faux registers, fake news? Huh? They don't work. They can't possibly work. I've never seen anyone in that check stand. It's just brilliance to me. And then they got the self-checkout. And they don't work half the time. Now you got to wait on somebody to come and do the self-checkout thing. And they come in with this 35-digit code. And you know they've done it a lot because they don't even look at a pen. So they don't work half the time. So now you're standing in line. And you see this, this person with the red vest walking. And, and you know, they start at register one. By the time they get to 20, all of you are salivating. Which register? What check stand? So I will take you out if you try to get in front of me. I'm six. What do you make you think you're going to get in front of me? I'll elbow you in the name of God. <laughs> now, God will not let me jump lines. He won't. I, I mean, I want to. My flesh wants to, like, like, lay fists on you in the name of Jesus. I, I'm, I, I've been waiting. I'm number two now. And the person that's number 18 in line jumps over and gets in first. And God says, Stay. I feel like a canine in training. Sit. <laughs> Sit. But God, there's food next to me. Sit. It's a part of humility saying, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll be 18 years older by the time we get out of here, but you go ahead. Spending my life in line at Target. That's it. I wonder if I can get sued for saying this. I don't know. Can you get sued for wrecking our credit card situation? <laughs> you remember the hacks, right? I should have waited to drink the Red Bull sometime. Now, God's not moved by your skill, your ability, or mine, He's moved by humility. College student's dad owned a, uh, a department store, a real nice department store, big. And, and so his son goes to college thinking, I'm going to take over the family business when I get out of college. Graduates from college, and, and uh, he's all excited. His dad says, you know, it's your first day at work. He comes, shows up at work. His dad says, hey, uh, son, before we open, he said, I, I need you to, I need you to uh, go around and, and sweep the floor and spot mop. And, and his son looks and says, dad, dad, I'm a college graduate. His dad said, oh, that's right, I'm sorry. I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> Sometimes we think that we should go to the front of the line. God says, you know what, work your way up the line. 
It's not that God is looking at what you know or don't know. He's looking at your heart, saying what you will do and won't do. We're not too good to do whatever needs to be done. Humility, and lastly, is a sign of growth. It's a sign of growth, realizing that pride goes before destruction. Spurgeon said, the doorstep to the temple of wisdom is a knowledge of our own ignorance. The temple, the doorstep to the temple of wisdom is a knowledge of our own ignorance. In other words, let me tell you, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And sometimes God brings somebody along to help you know something that you don't know. And sometimes you just need to stop long enough to say, you know what, I don't know. There's no embarrassment. I mean, every now and then, nobody asks a question because everybody's afraid it's a dumb question and nobody knows what ACH means. And I'm not going to tell you. I have an assistant. Her name is Siri. You can contact her on your iPhone. Hi, Siri. What does ACH mean? Thank you. You're a good assistant. Love you. She makes $100 a month off of me. Cheap employee, I'm telling you. Some of you didn't get that either. Humility is born out of authenticity, or as Spurgeon put it, humility is to make a right estimate of oneself. Humility is not Thinking of yourself less, but thinking less of yourself. Not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. In other words, it's not about thinking less of who God made you and who you are, but not always thinking about you. It's thinking about other people. Humility says, God, what's best for everybody else? What, what would be best for everyone? Not just what's best for me. You know, I didn't think it was best for me to come back here. I thought it was best for me to be at the beach. But I felt like it was the best for all of us. For a fallen human being to come back and stand up and say, if I can, you can. Sometimes we just need, we just need someone to be there visibly to say, it's all right. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And where grace, sin abounds, grace does more abound. We've got to get that in us. And one of the signs of arrogance to me, one of the greatest signs of arrogance is judgmentalism. Whenever you judge somebody, you are one of the most prideful individuals. Because what you're saying is, I don't have problems like you do. I've never sinned like you've sinned. You are a judgmental human being. So never judge Humility never judges. When you're tempted to judge someone and you call someone names, you are not operating in humility. So when you start calling someone stupid, toxic, whatever it is you want to call them, recognize this, you are not operating in humility, and where there is no humility, there will be no grace for you. So the next time you want to call somebody something, think twice before you do it, because what you're really saying is, that I'm better than you, and I've never done what you've done, and I'll never do what you do. But in reality, there is no category for sin. Sin is sin. And we have to recognize humbly that we're no better than anybody else. You can say, well, the murderer on death row today, I just cannot believe what they've done. Guess what? They probably can't believe it either. 
And if they had it to do over again, they probably wouldn't. And the last thing they need is for you to judge them. What they need is for you to love them. And to demonstrate some sort of grace with with what's left of their life and dignity. Just saying. Humility makes us able to admit we are wrong. When's the last time you were able to say, you know, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Repentance and apology is also a sign of humility. Whenever you can say, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I did wrong. The Fonzarelli disease still lives on. Close with this. This is a great prayer. It'll probably, you might want to write this down. Lord, where we are wrong, make us willing to change. Where we are right, make us easy to live with. When we are wrong, make us willing to change. When we are right, please make us easy to live with. Lord, help us stay humble and kind.